Let's pray together. Father, we do ask that all the praise and all the honor and glory of our lives go to you and to you alone. You are worthy of our praise, O Lord. You are worthy. Open our eyes this morning, Lord, as we study your word. God, give us direction. Give us clarity. God, open our eyes to see Jesus. That is our desire. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. On a Saturday night, if you were in Gainesville, Florida, there's a good chance that uh, you will hear a song played. If you are in the swamp, it may not be that wet place I'm talking about. It's a football stadium. But when the fourth quarter starts, the University of Florida has a tradition of singing a song. And and the lyrics go something like this. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You could stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. No, I will stand my ground. Won't be turned around and I'll keep this world from dragging me down. I'm going to stand my ground and I won't back down. Who penned those words? Tom Petty. Tom Petty. He sure did. And maybe if you didn't get it, if I say it, I won't back down. You could, maybe you would understand it a little bit better. Even in our sporting culture today, we have taken up the mantra of fierce fighting and never relenting in order to accomplish our goals. If that has bled into our sporting world, think about it, Christian. Is that a part of your spiritual world? Have you taken a stand even against the gates of hell? Have you taken a stand that this world won't be dragging you down? Have you taken that? If you have your Bible, I would invite you to open up to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. If you were with me Thursday night, you got a a little bit of a teaser of what's going on today. And as a bit of good, healthy review for you, the theme for today is never back down. Never back down. Can y'all say that with me one time? Never back down. Or I can say it like this. Never back down. Never what? (laughs) The reason I say never back down is because there are important, there are important words in the Christian faith, and they represent something in the book of Daniel. Uh, Daniel, if you don't know about him, he was a captive taken in the first wave of exiles out of the land of Jerusalem into a place called Babylon. We've been studying Babylon. Uh, we studied Ezekiel and his, his vision from Babylon that he was taken out of, uh, out of Jerusalem and, and led to Babylon. It is a time of, and when I... Uh, likened it to last week was it is a time of a timeout, a time of discipline for the people of Israel to say you've done wrong. You're now being removed from the blessing, the situation of blessing and brought to a place of judgment. 
But God said last week, we looked at it, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to, to, to leave you there. I'm going to resurrect you and give you life and breathe ruach into you, breathe life into you. That's going to draw you back to a place of worship. That was last week. Christian, we looked at how that is in our world today. How in our world today, we are drawn out of a place of, of death. A, a valley of dry bones and we're given life. And now we as Christians live in the kingdom of God in a place of worship. This week, this week we bring ourselves to the lessons from Daniel. And I've shared with you, never back down. And the reason I do that is because we're going to look through Daniel's life. He deals with three people who are in authority or in power over him. All three of these rulers over him, they call for compromise. And their names are over a period of, uh, uh, he was 36 years old when he was brought out of Jerusalem to Babylon. Daniel was. He died in his mid-80s. He spent all of those years under three different rulers that were constantly calling him to compromise. I'll give you the names of those three people, and I hope you'll remember them. Remember, the theme for today is never back down. And the three letters of never back down are the three letters of the rulers in Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar, never. Back, Belshazzar, down Darius. Never back down. And these are the names of the three rulers from Daniel who will all call them to compromise. Daniel chapter 1, we'll begin in verse 3. Let's look at story number 1. Nebuchadnezzar is the ruler at this time. And the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility... Youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. This is who Daniel's included in. He was one of those who was going to be taught the ways of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them to a daily portion of food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. There they were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You might know those last three as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. Verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food. Let me read that again. But Daniel did what? Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor. What did the Lord do? He gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. 
And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear the Lord, my king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you are in worse condition than the youths who were of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. I don't want you to eat other food and look pitiful. And then I get in trouble. Then Daniel, verse 11, then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed or compared by you. And deal with your servants according to what you see. Let's put a test to it. What verse am I? 14. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were in better appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away the food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. And for these four youth, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in visions and dreams. Statement number one this morning is never back down from your convictions. Never back down from your convictions. And, and that is assuming, Christian, your convictions are God's convictions. Never back down from your convictions. As a Christian, we change our convictions to be modeled by what the Lord has given to us. For those of of the world that are not Christians, they just take things as a rule. And and I hope you agree. You take things what you think is best and then for you and then you do those things. It's, It's kind of like what the Old Testament says. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Everyone just kind of does what they think is best. In our culture today, that's kind of how laws are made. Whatever we think is best for for people, we do that. As a Christian, never back down from your convictions, which are God's convictions. The Lord has given you things, commands, things that the Bible speaks to us to do. There are ethics in the way that we treat people. There are ethics in our sexuality. There are ethics in our morality. There are ethics in how we spend our money, how we spend our free time. These are things that God has given to you. And the world will call us to compromise those things. But the message for you, I believe from Daniel, is this. Never back down. Daniel could have very easily said, well, I'm in a new culture. I'm just going to live as the culture lives. And it would have been easy for him. But notice what the scripture says in verse 8. Notice verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself. Daniel made a resolution that he would not compromise what he knew to be right in God's sight. Daniel said, I'm going to find a way to accomplish what God has called me to do. His obedience to God's law was more important to him than the obedience to the law of the land. So let me step back for a moment and ask you, Christian, have you felt the tug of compromise upon you lately? 
Have you felt the draw of the culture? Have you felt the nudge leading you to a place to say, well, maybe I should consider this. I believe that oftentimes we are encouraged by other brothers and sisters in faith. And about 300 years ago, a man named Jonathan Edwards lived, and as an 18 or 19-year-old, he wrote 70 resolutions. 70 resolutions, things that he was resolved to do. And if you don't know what the word resolved means, it means I am making a decision and standing firm on it. I'd like to read to you some of an 18-year-old's resolutions for life that may encourage you, if I may. Resolved that I will do whatsoever I think to be most glorifying to God and to my own good profit and pleasure in the whole of my life. Resolved to do whatever I think to be my duty and most for the good and advantage of mankind in general. Resolved never to do anything which I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolved when I feel pain to think of the pains of martyrdom and of hell. Resolved never to do anything out of revenge. Resolved to maintain the strictest temperance in eating and drinking. Resolved never to say anything against anyone. Resolved in narrations never to speak anything but the pure and simple truth. An 18-year-old young man made decisions in life. To seek to honor and glorify God the very best that he could. Christian, is that not encouraging to you? Is that not encouraging to see resolutions? Is it not encouraging to see Daniel stand in the face of the king that could slit his throat in one instant? And say, I am resolved that I will not defile myself. Why would Daniel do such a thing? Why would Daniel do such a thing? Put his life on the line. Sit on that question for just a moment. Notice also in verse 9. And God gave favor, gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief eunuchs. Notice that the Lord acted favorably on Daniel's behalf. The Lord worked it out. Christian. Jason read us a a psalm this morning. That God delivers us from the hand of the, the, the fowler. The snare. Do you believe that God is your deliverer? 
I hope that you do because the Bible says he is. He says he's your strong tower. He's your deliverer. He can deliver you from anything that comes to pass. Now, now here's the, the other side of that is sometimes he doesn't deliver you. It's, it's true. And we can look back through our Christian heritage, back through the window of time. And even Jonathan Edwards can when he says, when he feels pain, he thinks back to the martyrs. And he looks back to even those early saints of the apostle James, who was beheaded. And did you know that all of the apostles, save John, have have records? historical record of of being killed for their faith. Sometimes the Lord doesn't make it easy for us. I'm not saying the Lord's always going to make it easy, obviously. What I am saying is the Lord always acts. He always moves. He always cares. The Father cares for you. How did Jesus say it? Are not two sparrows sold for what? For a penny. And yet, not one of them does what? Not one of them falls to the ground apart from the Father. If the Lord so much cares for these birds, how much more does He care for you, Christian? Are not the... Hairs on your head, even numbered. The Father cares for you. And if you are allowed or even appointed to suffer, it is through the loving hand of God. Let me read to you some scripture to remind you. Maybe you don't get favor in the eyes of the the eunuchs around you, those in charge around you. Let me read to you what the scripture says so you will not forget. Cast all your cares on him because he what? He cares for you. How about this? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. Even though you walk through these things, you are not consumed because God is saving your soul, Christian. Oh, remember that. His care is deep upon your soul. And your body, it may have to suffer. But His care is deep and is wrapped around your soul. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the author of Hebrews. The psalmist said it like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in what? Assuming trouble will come our way. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are what? Y'all know it. And your rod and your staff, they bring comfort to me when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Christian, God cares for you. Don't never back down. Never back down. 
God cares for you. Part two. Never back down from, number one, from your convictions or your principles. Part number two, never back down from your purpose. Never back down from your purpose. Continuing in the book of Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, same leader, same king, has a dream. (coughs) And his dream, um, he doesn't share. And he says, hey, I want somebody to interpret my dream. But I'm not going to tell you my dream, and I'll know if your, your interpretation is right because you'll be able to tell me my dream and the interpretation. So let's try that. Right? I'm thinking of a song. What song am I thinking of? And tell me all the lyrics. Anybody? Well, yeah, good. That was not my song. My song was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And uh, did anybody get it? Didn't think so. Y'all are all dead now, right? That's the way it would work. You're all dead. Chapter 2, verse 17. This mandate of life or death, figure out my, my dream, or you die, is up over everybody's head, including Daniel and his three close friends. So Daniel went to his house. He made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And he told them to seek, hear this, he told them to seek Mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Stop. What did Daniel ask them to do? Seek mercy from God. How do you think they did that? What do you think they did? You're right, Lily. They prayed. They sought the face of God through prayer. Yo, this is, imagine the stress upon them. The the burden on them when they realize they're going to die because they don't have a mysterious dream that they weren't told. But then they have to come up with this interpretation of it. They go to God in prayer. Never back down from hitting your knees And God's purpose for you in prayer. Now watch what continues to happen. Verse 19. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision by night. Praise God. Y'all, this is miraculous. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said to God, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. To whom belong wisdom and might. He changes the times and season. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep things and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, watch this. I give praise, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and might. And have now made known to me what we asked for you, asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Never back down from the purpose of prayer and praise. Hear this now. When things begin to go well in our lives, sometimes we coast, don't we? You ever coasting? You know what I'm talking about? Spiritually coasting? 
Oh, things are fine. Oh man, I didn't. I got. Oh, I got to get to lunch. I don't have time to seek God this morning. I'm so tired. I got so much going on. I don't have time. Never back down from going to God in prayer and in praise. And, and it's even more than that. Those are all P's. I get it. But notice that they seek God and His mercy in prayer. When the pressure is on and the stress is rising from the cultural mandates against you, from the pressures that that tend to wear us out, they go to God and seek His mercy in prayer. There is no substance that you can take that floods your soul with the peace of God like prayer. There is no snack that you can eat that fills your soul like the presence of God in prayer. There is no entertainment that you can see that floods your soul with the presence of God like it does in prayer. Daniel hid his knees. He sought God's mercy. Do you? Christian, do you? Do you pray as you ought, Christian? Now, he praises God. He gives thanks to God in his prayers. We just read that. And then verse 24 comes. Therefore, Daniel went into Ariok, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men. So his killer, he goes to Ariok. And he said to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show the king his interpretation. Never back down from the purpose God has for you. God revealed the message to Daniel and he took the purpose of God and said, now I'm going to put my neck on the line and he'll kill me on the spot if I'm wrong. He'll make me an example, but I will go before the king. Daniel trusted that what God gave him was what he needed to say. And so Daniel did it. God's purpose for Daniel was this thing, to speak the word. And Daniel spoke the word that God gave him. Are y'all hearing me? Daniel spoke the word that God gave him. Christian, has God given you a word Look, I'm not talking about him zapping something into your head, giving you a word. I'm talking about, has he given you a word? He has clearly given us the message of salvation to proclaim. And so church, that is, that is our job. Remember when Jesus told the disciples, Behold, or lo, I am with you always. What was the command right before that? Go, therefore, into all nations and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He has given a mandate to his followers. He has given a mandate to the church. And that is us. Church, I'm so thankful. I want to ask you to be in prayer. For our fall outreach as it comes in just a few weeks. 
If you haven't signed up, please do so. This is a message that we clearly are obedient in sharing the Word of God with families that come onto our campus. If you're not a part, please consider being a part. This is a way for us as a body of united believers with one voice proclaiming a message that what, church, what's our message? Jesus what? Jesus saves sinners that repent. If you're with us this morning, the one voice that this church will continue to proclaim is that Jesus saves sinners that repent. And this morning, if you do not know Jesus Christ, He will save your soul in an instant through repentance and by faith. The Bible said is, for by grace you have been saved through faith. The grace of God extending to you and you believing that Jesus Christ is the King and He is your King. And making that step of following Jesus, your life can be transformed. Will you reach out to the Lord Jesus today? And it's a process. You don't become perfect on step number one. But you start your way towards eternal perfection in Christ. Have you shared the word that God has given to you? Again, not the the zap in my head in the moment word. I'm talking about the word of Christ. Have you shared the word? Will you share the word? Are you sharing the word in your family? With your brothers and sisters. With your children. With your moms and dads. With your grandpa. What was the purpose of Daniel? The purpose was to speak the word. To praise God. And and finally the, the last purpose. Let me read to you quickly. From Daniel 2 verse 26. Finally the purpose was to give glory to God. Daniel did not back down from giving glory to God. Watch this conversation with the. Ruler of the land that Daniel has. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise man, no enchanter, no magician, no astrologer can show the king the mystery that the king has asked. But, give glory to God, Daniel. Here we go. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and visions in your head as you lay in bed are these. God can do it. Hey, Christian, never back down from the purpose God has for you in pointing people heavenward. If you fit pipes... Fit pipes in Jesus' name and tell people about Jesus. Let me give you a quick story. We ordered pizza Friday night. Pizza man drives up quickly because he's a pizza delivery man. He's got lots of pizzas to deliver. He pulls up and I'm in the office, I guess. I see him pull up and I hear, I went, oh, man, no. This young man, 20 years old, I see him get out of the car, grab the He has no idea what's going on. I do. Gets out, gets his pizza, walks to the door. I say, hey, man, I got some bad news for you. 
you just ran into our gutter. And you're the second guy from Domino's Pizza who has popped his tire on our gutter. And he turned around and he was like, oh. I said, man, I got you. I'm going to change the tire for you. I'm going to take care of the tire for you. Don't worry about it. So my family, my boys come out. We get to Jack, get the spare out, change the man's tire, help him take care of the tire. Um, gave him, don't stub your toe. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Don't stub your toe. A little booklet we hand out that shares the gospel. I said, man, while we're changing your tire for you, I got something for you to read. And so he said, all right, I'll read it. So he, he's over there. Eli said, he's reading the book. He's reading the book. Said, yeah, man, he's reading the book. We're changing his tire. So he's reading the book while we're changing his tire all up. And then he drives off and then uh, he starts to drive off. And Allison says, wait. His spare was flat. So then we had to air up his tire. Anyway, y'all pray for a young man named Shannon. He's a student at Southern University studying engineering. And he's got a don't stub your toe book. So we're leaving last night to head to Plaquemine. Leaving last night to head to Plaquemine. And Eli goes, it's Shannon. (laughs) And he was delivering a pizza right up the road from us on our way out the neighborhood. And I looked and, and guess what Shannon had? A shiny new tire on the front of his car. And I said, hey, Shannon, we rolled down the window. Eli's driving. I'm in the passenger side. Hey, Shannon, how's it going? He said, oh, man, it's, it's all right. I said, man, did you read the book? He said, I read it. I said, guess what you need to do now? He said, you need to read it again. I said, then you need to give yourself to Jesus. He said, all right, all right. So pray for a young man named Shannon. We had, this church has had one impact on his life. We planted a seed. Y'all pray for a young man, Shannon. That man may be a pastor one day. We don't know. Shannon. Delivering pizzas, working hard, working away through school. We pray that he finds Jesus. That's it. I, had, I needed to share the word with this man. It was an opportunity. Our family took it. And we did it. Part three. Y'all got time for one more part? I got five minutes. Y'all got five minutes for me? All right. If you got to get up and leave, head out. I got five minutes. Here we go. Number one. Never back down from your convictions. When, when culture pushes you and nudges you and drags you, never back down. Part two, never back down from your purpose. God has a purpose for us. Praise, worship, glorify his name. Daniel, part three, never back down means trusting the Lord. I asked you to put a question on hold and I said, why would he do such a thing? Why would he place his neck on the line? Why would he? Because never backing down does not mean we are a superhero with our chest poked out. Never backing down means we trust the one who is in control of it all. Come on, y'all. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about this church. It's about Jesus Christ. By whom and for whom all things exist and all things are even held together. We submit ourselves and we are friends with the maker of the universe. And I don't mean friends like we're chums, but we are on his side. We are teammates. 
with the one who is in control of every breath you take. Never backing down means trusting the Lord. Let me read to you in Daniel 3, 9 through 13. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of a horn, a pipe, a lyre, a trigon, a harp, a bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship a golden image. Nebuchadnezzar, again, in trouble. What a goofball. He says, look, every time music's played, you've got to bow down to my statue. And so um, he makes this law. And we've got three young men named Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. And they're supposed to bow down every time this music plays. If you've heard the story, you know it. If not, look, they start killing people that don't bow down when the music's played to this statue that Nebuchadnezzar made of himself. Verse 11. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a fiery, burning, hot furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs and the province of Babylon. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. Let me read that again. These men, O king, do what? Pay no attention to you. Remember that. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. They pay no attention to you. Can you believe it? Then Nebuchadnezzar in a furious rage commanded that Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael be brought. So they brought them in before the king. Coming down to verse 16. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael answered to them, to the king and said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, watch this. We have no need to answer you in this matter. (laughs) They're paying no attention to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to ask them about it. Ask them about it. We have no need to pay attention to you. This is the king who's going to throw them in a fire first. In our vernacular today, it'd be something like, we don't care. We have no need to answer you in this matter. Arrogant? Arrogant, maybe? If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Let me put it in the words today. You ain't the king. We serve the king. (laughs) You ain't the king. I know who the king is and it's not you. That's what they say effectively to King Nebi. Verse 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will pay no attention to your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We're never backing down. That's what they're saying. Here's the final question I have for you today. Why? Why did they pay no attention to the things that were so important to everybody else in that culture? Why? Because they were paying attention to the one that they needed to pay attention to. You got that? Miss Marie got it. I saw it. 
they paid no attention to the one they needed to pay no attention to. Because they were paying attention to the one they needed to pay attention to. Now, come on, Christian. Who are you paying attention to? Who is your priority? Who is the Lord your God? And this is where we'll end today. Unapologetically, these men prioritized God, their God over everything else. Never back down. In your convictions, never back down. In your purpose, and never back down in trusting God. Because that's the way you accomplish those first two. Let's pray together. Our Father, we ask for courage. We ask for faith. And we ask, O Lord, that our attention be placed on you, our God. May we never back down. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.